hang on, am I talking about a privilege of being a person of colour and then using that as a way to not respond to climate change? <laughs> You're like, hang on no. a second, is this the bad place? Am I in the bad place? <laughs> Welcome back to No Books on a Dead Planet. This is a podcast where I unpack my problems with being able to fight the climate crisis adequately because I can't really, when somebody tells me the world is ending or the things might be going really wrong, I can't process that. But because books are my most beloved thing in the whole world, if somebody told me that books were ending and there would be no more books on the planet, now I'm panicking. <laughs> now I, I refuse to let this happen. The, <laughs> the wrath of God has entered my heart and I'm ready to fight. So that's basically basically what this podcast is based on but it's also where I invite incredible people on to talk to me about climate books one of my most feared objects in the world reading books about the climate no thank you but I'm facing that fear and I'm gonna do it with a little giggle <laughs> and today I'm joined by Shava welcome Shava. hello how are you I'm good thanks Lena you really took that frog and ate it huh I really I really, really gobbled did. it up <laughs> It's gone. It's It's passing through my my tubes. I was just on my fallopian tubes, so I was like, that's not how digestion works. You know a lot about climate change, less so about the body. This is why I'm a YouTuber and not an academic. (laughs) One of the many reasons. Um, Shaba, please introduce yourself to anybody who is ignorant enough to not already be fangirling over your wonderful work and life. This is is too much. (laughs) It's too too much, much, too fast. Ease off. Um, Hello, I am Shaba. I talk about being by and brown and having a big booty online which is i really want the three words by brown and something to do with plus size i watched the video doing live laugh lesbian and you were trying to come up with other ones and it was like i had by brown bodega recently and that just seems really out of place that is merch waiting to happen and i think that is the kind of merch the planet needs see brown by booty seems to be in the running brown by bootylicious it feels too beyonce Mm. so we're working it i'm hoping you're not putting this on your tax return which is like (laughs) what's your occupation well (laughs) uh yes i talk about everything um Except climate change, because I too fear it greatly. And so Fun. I'm so grateful. Am I? Am I? <laughs> am I? <laughs> Slightly regretting your choices, today. but it's too late. I've locked you in. I'll let you know by the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I really respond well to a, a deadline. Absolutely. <laughs> and if somebody else is expecting me, A, stop it. If somebody else is expecting me to um, do something, I'm way more likely to do it. Whereas if I just want to do it for myself, it's never going to happen. Exactly that. I don't know if your listeners know this but we've had this conversation for like I feel like it's been over a year Mm -hmm. about this Mm -hmm. and I was like yes I'm going to read Banana Book (laughs) (laughs) that makes sense to me (laughs) yeah we were going to read the book um, um, which is called it's over there how bad are bananas? The carbon footprint of everything. <laughs> and I, I, it's been on my to-do list, but at the mm. very bottom of my to-do list, because I don't like talking about this. Mm. And you presented the perfect opportunity for me to be uncomfortable. Yeah. So when this happened, I was like, yes, but also, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ultimate chore body doubling. You're like, we must do this, but we, neither of us want to, under duress, mutual, mutual consensual duress. <laughs> I'm grateful for the duress. Thing. Thank you, Lena. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Um, yeah, I do think that climate conversations in general are uncomfortable. I think that it overlaps with those of other uncomfortable conversations you have with people in your life that you put off. Mm-hmm. And this is one that I think, because it affects everybody and it's actually kind of universal, <laughs> it's also something that's so hard to talk about. So I appreciate that you did want to step out and read a book <laughs> with me today. But don't you think as well, I don't know if I'm skipping ahead here, but that's this right. book was the perfect, almost excuse. That's why mm-hmm. I was drawn to this, because I thought... 
I feel like I'm spoiling it. Foreshadowing. But, but yeah. <laughs> a little, a little teaser, teaser for you. <laughs> keep, on, keep on going. We need that listen time up. But it's true. It's, it's not just about climate change, is it? Mm. It's about everything. Or it can be with the mindset that Michaela uses. So, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to dig into that. It definitely gave me more of a reason to want to look into it and sort of... I mean, mm. if yours is the anger of books... Mm-hmm. There can be so many different angers yeah. that all ultimately means the floor is lava, climate change. You yeah, know? So. and I think it's as well. It's like just pick your favorite hobby. That's not going to be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now you're worried. You like cool. Well, <laughs> yeah. sorry, Cadbury's World. It's over. Trains. It's not going to be a thing anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I can keep going. But um, okay. First up, before we chat a little bit about the book, I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience talking about the climate. And I wanted to for you to rate. On a scale of oh, one to ten, okay. how comfortable you are talking about the climate? Because even though I've actually started talking about it quite a lot online, I'd say my comfort levels around talking it, talking about it with people in real life is I'd probably score at the moment around a four or a five. Oh, <laughs> and even though maybe I might be competent about it, I'm panicking it inwardly. Oh. You know, I'm like. It feels like somebody is asking me a really uncomfortable question about my health or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're kind of sweaty. And in the same way that there's different kinds of attention that I'm okay with, like, I'm happy to... I'm quite naturally gobby. I'm not really... Like, stage fright is not something I really experience through exposure therapy, probably. (laughs) Let's be real. Um, So I don't really mind getting up and standing and talking in front of those people. Climate change makes your lips sweaty. Yeah, and if people want to... Another thing is, like, if people want to sing happy birthday at me, I can't do it. If people want to just talk about me at me, I'm like, oh, no, now I'm uncomfortable well, hang on a second Lena to to, to do your scale I mm. need to so where does that lie okay so the happy happy zero singing. is like I will leave the room if you say the c word okay okay <laughs> and a 10 is like I have convinced everybody in my life to go vegan and I am I've actually talked to the prime minister and, and they're now reversing on my forehead. <laughs> yeah okay. yeah I've actually solved climate change myself <laughs> because I'm so persuasive they I went in the back door of cop and now now yeah. everyone's convinced on my to-do yeah. list cancer we've got yeah, this exactly right, gift okay. of the gab <laughs> I'm gonna go maybe like a two or a three. Okay. Is that really bad? I think you're only five, like, a little bit behind me. I think if I'm being really honest, it'll probably mm. be a two. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But you're right, it's different. Looking at things, reading into it and doing my own self exploration in the comfort of my own mind. Mm. Comfort? Mm. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, the familiarity. Yes. The own living go. room of my brain. <laughs> the reassurance mm. of my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, four. Whereas that definitely halves, yeah. I'd say four, but publicly mm-hmm. two. And do you think you're somebody in general who is like more likely to think about something in your head for a while before you verbalise it anyway? Do you no. think that's like a good pattern? No, no. isn't that okay. weird? I okay. will be very gobby. I mm. feel like that's a very similar... We've not spoken about that, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, like you. Mm. I feel like climate change in particular is something that scares me a lot. Yeah, and it's something that I think people process alone for a while before mm. they verbalise it. Whereas I naturally, I think somebody who processes things by talking about them. <laughs> so, so in some ways, I think I've slowed myself down because I'm like, I'll just think about this on my own for a while. And then when I'm really competent, I'll talk about it. And actually, that's not how my brain works at all. I have to talk while I'm thinking. I feel you. But you know, I, th- I think this one differs from the other social issues that I'm happily, that I'll happily talk about mm. online. Because I know that this is something that I'm still very reluctant to do something about. I see that it's a frog and I just don't want to be in a position where I want to eat it yet. Because I know that if I do... <laughs> There'll be legs in your throat, everyone will start. Like, I'll need to go in fully. Mm. And I realise that I should, mm-hmm. but it's probably guilt and remorse that's making me not do that. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think it's also the separation oh. of like... Was that my was my house farting then? <laughs> 
my house just farted. That was amazing. Was it the wind? Yeah, I think it was going through the door. Oh my god, imagine if the amazing. apocalypse happened now. <laughs> that would be like... Awful, but now's the time content. to eat the frog. And no one will ever hear this podcast anyway. Um, I think that's another interesting point about the climate crisis is because I think the way we've had conversations about it previously is, is there's something that we're doing. Mm. So then it feels something guilty that you have to Absolutely. You're like, oh God, I need to talk about this thing that I've done. What I'm telling you, Lena, is that I'm a bad person and I'm <laughs> not I ready think... to be good yet. I know, but you're like, I don't want to change. I want to keep burning. Um, but I also think that maybe I've started switching in my head and being like, actually, this, the climate crisis is something that's happening to us yeah. and being being done to us and to a different extent depending on where you're living and what your privileges are but it is something that's happening to us not mm-hmm. something that we are actively doing in some ways some would argue <laughs> and even if that's not true i think that's a really great way for people <laughs> to start talking about it and then we can unpack why we're wrong later <laughs> have you seen the good place the tv show i've watched the first four seasons Okay, I don't, I don't want to give any spoilers away for anyone okay. who doesn't, but like, it's a really good show. Right? It's, it's like one of so my favourite shows. Yeah. Um, there is a character that you come across and he tries to live his life amazingly mm-hmm. uh, to the point where like he doesn't step on snails and he's growing his own tomatoes and he goes to supermarkets, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And whenever I think of climate change, that scene, and this person pops up in my mind mm-hmm. because even he wasn't doing enough. Yes. And I feel like it's a double-edged sword, that justification of saying, mm-hmm. I... I'm not the one that's in the bad. I don't deserve to feel that guilty because that almost makes me feel hopeless into not doing anything. Mm. But then at the same time, I feel like I need that guilt to make me do something. Yeah. So I don't I don't understand my relationship with this guilt. I don't know if I welcome it. Yeah, it's mm. odd. I think, it, again, but it's also in some ways hopeful because it's something that we're also working through in other yes. places. So to do with like racism and class and capitalism... Everybody, I think, is working through some extent of guilt, <laughs> or then, or, or whether, or that choice as to whether to take on to the on the guilt or just the responsibility. Yeah, because yeah, I think yeah, for yeah. a lot of the time, it's like, okay, maybe people that I am vaguely genetically related to did something really bad, and actually, I am related to them in some way, and also, it doesn't even matter if I'm related to them because I benefit from what they did, so I can take on the responsibility yeah. for that without having to take on a feeling like I did it (laughs) because if you feel like you did it then you have to work go into your psyche and work out what's bad about you and you're like I I I don't know I I don't know if I'm making any sense no you absolutely are and actually when I was reading this book one thing that I I actually had a conversation to Jamie my my Mm. partner about this um and I was like I wonder how Lena's going to feel reading this book because there are elements of this book that I for those who don't know, I am brown, mm. and Lena is not. <laughs> In the medium of sound, we must clarify. Um, and sorry, that felt really mean. Like, no, I am excluding you from my cup. Hey, look at those blue veins; you can see them straight through my arm. You're a gorgeous. <laughs> Lena sits before me, a ghost. I can barely see her. Oh, sorry. Um, yes. <laughs> no. Um, I, uh, reading it, I felt a sense of guilt on the aspects talking about the UK and how mm. us as the quote-unquote global. West, mm-hmm. right? Global West? Global North. Global dicks. <laughs> That's what we are. Sure. <laughs> Call a spade a spade. <laughs> um, benefits from the system. Mm. But so much of this book is so interconnected with race. And I was thinking, how would I feel being a white person reading this? Mm. That sense of, as you said, you know, appreciating that your ancestors maybe have done something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely felt that reading this, I lent into my brownness as a way to feel less guilty wrongly so okay wrongly so because i still have the privilege Mm. i was like "Mm, this is gonna be an interesting thing to talk about i think that's really interesting as well because i think about it from a class perspective Mm. in that i have been thinking a lot about unpacking like what it is to be working class and middle class and because i 
come from a lineage of working class people, mm. which is not very unique because that would be literally most of the UK. <laughs> the middle class is a very new sure. thing. To I think some people lean into that of like, oh, it was the rich people, it wasn't the poor people. Mm. And how do you how do oh, you separate that? Into such a middle class. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And and it's like it's it's very it's it's good to unplug yourself and be like, I could lean into both and neither's wrong. Yeah. You know, but. But it's balancing that for yourself because that's a really interesting head fuck that I don't have, that you have. It really is. And I was just like, hang on, am I talking about a privilege of being a person of (laughs) colour and then using that as a way to not respond to climate change? (laughs) You're like, hang on a second. Is this the bad place? (laughs) Am I in the bad place? (laughs) Um, It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. This is what's happening right now. But but, but then it's also what I like about... um, So... I don't actually think we said what book we're talking oh, about first. Oh, sorry. <laughs> because we were going to read the banana book. The yes, very, that's right. Now it still exists on both of our shelves, <laughs> Gathering Dust. One day one, one day, day we'll read the banana book. When we're book. ready for a second frog. But today we're reading It's Not That Radical by Michaela Loach, which has just come out in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, the year of our Lord. Um, or is it? Can, <laughs> I, don't, I haven't seen the Lord for a while. <laughs> if he's here, he hasn't been pulling his weight. Um, Lord, hit me up. Um, what's the subtitle? Sorry, you've got your... Climate Action to Try transform our world mm. so Michaela is um, an online activist and she's done a lot of stuff in, in the real world as well if, as if online activism isn't a real thing here's me talking about like an internet person trying to invalidate my own job Michaela took the blue pill <laughs> um, but she's been doing an incredible amount of work um, like going to COP doing lots of different work Absolutely. on like Rosebank all of that as well and she's written a book unpacking um, some of her experiences, but mainly also just like her top line thoughts yes. for anybody who, I feel like this is book is also for people who haven't really interacted with the climate crisis that much before, because there was a lot of overview I stuff. I loved it. This <laughs> yes. was like, this feels like a good introduction. And I don't know about you, when mm-hmm. I look at books to read, particularly ones I'm a bit dubious about, mm-hmm. my first thing will be to look at a book preview and mm-hmm. I want to look at that first page. And I did that before I bought, I'm just going to pull it, bananas book now. When I bought the bananas book. It was stats, it was heavy, it was carbon footprint, it was calculations, and I thought, oh, I'm going to buy this because I want to do my part, but oh. When I saw this one, the introduction was Michaela talking about her going to see her grandma in Jamaica, Mm. and it was a beach, and I was like, I can relate to this. This is humanised, and I maintain that's one of the reasons I love this book. Yeah, I mean, the first line is, this is a book for anyone who has ever felt doom. (laughs) (laughs) So, feels pretty inclusive (laughs) to me on that level. What I really appreciated about what Michaela's approach was, was at the beginning she clarifies a lot of the terms that she uses, Mm -hmm. and something that I have only really been learning about in the last year or so is this idea of, instead of saying somebody is, for example, black, you say somebody's been racialized as black. To acknowledge the fact that race has only been really a construct for the last three or four hundred years. And I think that plays into a lot of what she writes. And that really helped. Like, if you're saying, like, I wonder how Luna was feeling right <laughs> reading this book. And I'm like, I felt fine. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but it, it was... I'm learning too. Yeah. And, and it's that thing of, like, um, acknowledging through language that what we're talking about is mad like it's it's something that has been invented and could be uninvented and for that reason i think it's helpful when we talk about race because it's less about like you the inherently genetically bad person who has colonized the world (laughs) and more being like hey this is a construct that you benefit from so you need to listen up yeah but it's not that you are inherently bad as a white person to your core yeah (laughs) because that that would be that would be the bad place that that would also be false Mm. right in a world where everyone's trying to do what Mm. they can do but can still do better right Mm. it's i think it's a really hard line for climate change media to tackle Mm. it's that line 
which I actually don't respond to very well if people fall on the wrong side of it, of being quite patronizing and being so doom and gloom to be like, you know what? You need to do better, mm. which is the reality, right? That's why we don't want to hear it. It's yeah. because it hurts to hear. Yeah. It's you need to do better. And I'm going to preach about this to you for 250 pages. Mm. That's that's not what somebody wants to hear. But we also don't need to sugarcoat it and act as if it's not so much a problem that we're contributing towards the Exxon myth. That, yeah, you know, that no behaviour change, change happens. What climate change? <laughs> we're fine. Yeah. And so. I, I think it's weird because I think, it, uh, like, th- there's so many social changes that are overlapping right now. I actually think it's a cool time to be alive. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> like, maybe. I personally wouldn't have wanted to be born a woman any earlier. No, this is, like, I my maximum. And I agree. Yeah. I think, like, the rape laws in the UK only changed the year after I was born. <laughs> So I would like, this is my moment. I'm very happy to be born now. We can vote. We have toilets. We have They're toilets. wonderful things. <laughs> and period products. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I think that we're also unpacking parenting. And one thing I've been thinking about when I was reading this book was this, this like, when somebody does, when a child does something wrong, ideally as a parent, you don't go, well, you need to do better, don't you? You dick. I, I always <laughs> knew you'd fail because I already know these things about you, which has predisposed you to be rubbish. Sure. But then as a parent, you kind of want to be more like... Not, I'm speaking like I am a parent. <laughs> I don't secretly have a child. But you um, did just cats it. I did just cats you know. it. So I'm an auntie, really. <laughs> I'm a godmother to a cat. Um, you, you go, hey, you did that weird thing. What's going on with you? What can why, we do to support you doing yeah. better? Exactly. Why are you doing that? Do you not understand? Just or so do you, you need know, support? This is the consequences of that thing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, and I feel like that's what I'm trying to do with myself is more be like, okay, treat so me like a baby, please. Things don't seem to be going well at school, do they? <laughs> do I need to talk to your principal, or do you just need to study? So this bed wetting. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about it. Who is this boy you're dating? Why has he got a motorbike? That's bad for the planet. Babe, if you're <laughs> if you're bedwetting at motorbike stage, I definitely think that maybe needs I, to be part of the other of conversation. My, that you need to know about me one of my trauma memories is wetting myself in year four that's old that's like i was like eight at school no that's and it fine. wasn't even september it was like july it but was like the end of year four you're it was not. like i was almost sad <laughs> it was so bad but please tell me that at the age of eight you're not grab like sitting on boyfriend's bikes Oh no! <laughs> Coventry has, has, you know, <laughs> just because I grew up in Coventry. No, um, no, I was the opposite. No, no boys would let me on the bikes. Oh. Kept trying to hop on. What is this metaphor? If I had just a bike, I mean, <laughs> I'd let you hop. On. Would you let me urinate on it? Though is the question. This has gone awry already. It really has. <laughs> When I was talking to you about what book you would like to read together, you picked this book. I did. Tell me a little bit why. For that humanising element that yeah. we spoke about initially, I was just like, this is really interesting. But what also gripped me is, I mean, there's that personal mm-hmm. element too. Michaela is, for all intents and purposes, although I'm sure she probably wouldn't love to be mm-hmm. referred to in this way, is a creator, mm-hmm. right? And she actually talks about this in the book. Yes. About that difficulty of platforming people mm-hmm. versus... Um, uh, platforming causes. movements. Platforming movements. Mm. But um, I appreciated hearing from somebody who had that sense of responsibility um, and that sort of more, I want to say humanised candour. Mm. I feel like a lot of creators have this person next door energy, um, which I really respond to well, versus 
the scientists who are like, right, <laughs> this is school. I'm at work. Yeah. <laughs> this is my job. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that too. And most importantly, um, I guess it was the way that everything strung together. The idea of climate justice is something that I had never thought about before. Mm. And I guess just as how Michaela talks about climate justice being... <laughs> I'm watching Bob's Burgers at the moment. Okay. And there's this thing in an episode where Tina goes bird watching and they talk about the spark bird, like the bird that got them interested in bird watching. Ooh, Michaela's okay. spark bird was the racial element. It mm. was a racial injustice that she was seeing, which is something that I can relate to so much. Mm. And I had no idea. Like, I would not have linked the two together. But having read this book now, how on earth did I not see that these were linked, you know? <laughs> So that I feel like that could have been my spark bird. Yeah, the kind of like link between like, oh, yeah. hang on, this is all connected. Yeah. And actually, in that way, I think it's it's really hopeful as well because I think people there, there's got because climate links with everything. Everybody has a spark bird potential somewhere. So you're they're going to be like on a dead planet, right? What, they're going to get rid of the libraries. <laughs> What's going to happen? Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, it's it's really hard, but I'm glad it's. I don't know. I I found it really really useful in a lot of ways because I feel like I've heard some stuff about the concepts but the examples that she gave I was like wow I mm. didn't know that for example one of the things was about Pakistan yeah and how they're in a lot of debt and actually the reason they are like like doing a lot of things that aren't really great for the planet is because they're having to do short-term fixes because they owe the west so much money uh and they owe the west so much money for like really bad reasons <laughs> because like, the one reason made them yes right and now they're like okay well now we can't afford to pay our people so that they can live with very basic living standards mm. hello west we need more money and then they go, cool, raise the taxes, which means they need more money still. It is this vicious cycle. Yeah, and yeah. then they start doing more polluting stuff because yeah. they ha don't have a choice. And that's something that I, as somebody without a politics degree or a geography degree or any really useful degree, <laughs> um, that's something that, again, it's that kind of unknown unknown where you're like, how yeah. would I have even... I couldn't have Googled that. Like, mm. how would I have known yeah. what to Google? <laughs> yeah, Or that that even existed. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was really interesting. How did you... When you were thinking about your impressions of the book... And and what you thought it was going to be like reading it did it now having read it do you feel like it was different from what you expected or was it similar and that's a really interesting question so i'll i want to be totally honest mm -hmm. when i want when i first found this book i wanted to read it and when we were talking about it and i was like hmm, i wonder if lena's seen this book you'd heard of it too right yeah i'd followed her on instagram for a few years that that's how, how i know found that's yeah through mccona's insta mm -hmm. yeah um and yeah, you were like, sure, yeah, let's do this one. I was like, great, fab, amazing. Mm -hmm. Feeling really good about reading this book. I then read the foreword section. I read the, I don't know what she calls it in this book. I've totally forgotten. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. the introduction. It was the mm -hmm. introduction before the first chapter. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like it. I oh, no. regretted this book. And I regretted <laughs> speaking with you about this. I was like, why did I agree to do this? Because that guilt set in. Everything mm -hmm. that I felt about that you know, hang on a second, you're telling me it's not that radical. It's literally your title. It's not that <laughs> radical. And now I'm sitting here thinking, sure, you're giving me a book that's an easy element into, uh, an yeah, easy path into these, understanding this, climate this, change. This is the soft stuff. I, I wanted I wanted stories about your time in Jamaica, <laughs> Michaela. That's, that's not this. That's the sun <laughs> in the sand. Yeah. Um, that that mm. was very jarring to see yeah. at the very beginning, but I also totally appreciate why it was necessary. Mm. Um, I will say for people who feel like they might not commit if they hear too much quote unquote preachy, mm. you know, 
as, mm-hmm. as people say, you know, the, the things that often put people off having these conversations about climate change, I would recommend to not read that introduction straight away. Mm-hmm. I'd actually go chapter one, then I'd take a look back, and then I'd move forward again. Specifically yeah, for that reason, because it yeah. really did nearly put me off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I question if I would have continued to read it if we didn't. A deadline. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Love a deadline. Love and accountability, mm. buddy. I think as well like that, um, because there are people who exist in the climate space all the time. Mm. I think, again, this title is like, it, it has lots of layers to it because for Michaela, yes. everything she said in the introduction is not radical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then because she's existing in those climate spaces all the time. Exactly. That, that's the soft sell and yeah. the soft sell feels quite hard yeah. if you don't watch that kind not, of media yeah. and again that's not really in some ways our our domain mm-hmm. because we I, a lot of people i'd say me sometimes i don't know where i fall on that but um we're consuming a lot of media that ignores the climate yes exactly. <laughs> so so we're, so when you so when you're like oh my god i didn't know about this or yeah. i didn't hear about this or i'm not used to hearing about it exactly. referred to in this terms it's because we we never we never are yeah. <laughs> unless you willfully go out and look for it but i think that's valid and i think that um books aren't or even if the author's like you should read this from beginning to end i'm like no or in the same way that you know artists who are like you have to listen to my whole album the right way around i'm like no no it will work differently for different people and that's okay and to like customize how you consume something yeah yeah just and, just um, a, just a different approach perhaps mm. but something that i in hindsight i think would have helped me i then went on and i felt myself being really critical initially mm-hmm. i wanted to fight back at quite a lot of points that i didn't understand mm-hmm. and it was I, I was making notes for my own benefit mm-hmm. to be like hang on a second this is something I want to look into a little bit more hang on a second this is something I want to chat to people about because something's not quite sitting right yeah but then by the end of the book I looked at my first notes and thought wow how I- interesting oh is it God, that I so have cool. grown throughout one book to almost correct myself on so much of the notes that I'd initially had Mm. Um, it, so, I mean, Michaela says, I, I really hope that it transforms you in some way, mm. even though I was really resilient to the idea of being transformed. I think it definitely has. Mm. And not in a way that makes me mad or, you know, like, oh, how dare, how, how dare you treat me? How dare? <laughs> um, but in a way that's really exciting to know in a really weird way that I could do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's totally. not too scary a subject. And this is something that is approachable and easily digestible and actionable at least in getting rid of that discomfort and allowing you to be like go from what what's is it a beginner or a rookie which one's lower i feel like I i'm still rookie. in this i think a rookie is lower i think so i feel like i've gone from rookie a up one Do yeah you? i'm less noob more <laughs> <laughs> beginner easy beginner yeah um confident beginner <laughs> um yeah, I think that as How well, and you? I think that... Pardon? How about you? I think I was... Do you know what? I Something that's interesting, and again, it comes up later in the chapter about influencers mm. and her struggle with being somebody who's very visibly part of the climate crisis. Mm. I think I was expecting more memoir elements to the book. Yeah. Because that is like a norm, like normal, in inverted commas, what the hell is that? Mm. But like the conventions of nonfiction mean a lot that... Uh, there's a lot of journalists who write books like this and journalists are taught to be like oh this funny thing happened to me the other day (laughs) so relatable Um, that's actually led to some stats that I read about (laughs) serious polemic right at the end of the chapter next time here's another anecdote about my child you know that's how a lot of people write non-fiction and I think in some ways I I wanted to know a little bit more about her and how she came to it because I think that's really really interesting sure 
But then I also reminded myself that boundaries are important. That's not what that's about. <laughs> yeah, that's not what that's about. <laughs> and I actually respect that she maybe have, has resisted that element of it and she's told us a little bit about her, her gran um and like some of her background but not really and no like big personal anecdotes about like friends or like things where she's had those kind of interactions so i think um that wasn't there and actually by the end of the book i was like i respect I'm that i'm glad that wasn't I was there. i needed the facts yeah. i needed yeah. the facts so i think that was there i think so that I, something i was saying to you earlier was that i think that again maybe that this is already very obvious to everybody listening but i struggle with sincerity in some ways and <laughs> i do need jokes every now and then yes. and like but that is also my issue not hers <laughs> where i was like because everything is very very sincere and yes. everything is given equal weight the whole way through the like, everything is the most urgent the most important point yeah there's often points where I was like, I think we're at the end of the chapter. And I'm like, oh, no, we're not. There's yeah. just a, it's, there's just, a, the cadence is very, like, everything is really important. Yeah. So again, I think if I was going to read You're this again, quite a lot. I'd read it slower because mm-hmm. I was reading it over a short period of time sure. because deadlines, deadlines is the only thing my brain responds to. <laughs> um, I think that, again, as a reader, I'd advise, you'd advise reading it out of order, maybe, or like customising the order. And yeah. I would re- advise reading a chapter, putting it down interesting processing that for a little while yeah. coming back to it having a few jokes yeah. <laughs> going watching a huge, no, funny you youtube video a few back. jokes would not have gone amiss and mm-hmm. I, this is probably an odd thing to say for a climate change book specifically for the second half because mm-hmm. from what i was understanding is the first half is the more this is why we are where we are mm-hmm. and the second half is this is what we can do to do better yeah did you mm-hmm. get that too? yes yeah totally um of the second half, I found myself, and this is not something I ever thought I'd say, asking, where is the climate change? <laughs> you know? Because like, it was all about the justice side of it. It's so you mean. much about the justice mm-hmm. side, which makes a lot of sense and was refreshing because it left me yearning for something that I was scared to look into in the first place. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, because of the interconnectedness. And I think that's also something that I would say to people who were nervous about mm. entering the topic and why I think this is such a great beginner's book for it because mm. it wasn't unpalatably present. Yes. Does that make sense? Totally. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think the journey of you like, no, don't talk to me about the climate. And then by the end you're like, Michaela, tell me more <laughs> about the climate. Right? Why are you talking about these other things? <laughs> Where's my climate? Yeah. I get it. I get it. We need justice for POC. <laughs> <laughs> give me more stats about the wind. Um, yeah, I think I think that's interesting. And I, I definitely, as somebody, just because of this podcast, have read a few books on climate now. Mm-hmm. I felt like the first half, I knew some of it. And that is yes. not a criticism of the book at all. That's just because of my hey, weird a life. testament to you. There's a literal storm going on. Outside. <laughs> this is very... I just recorded another episode of this with my friend and we were outside and the rain came down on us and I'm starting to feel like maybe it's the curse of the podcast. Oh, it's rain. <laughs> This is like the first sign. And this is a heat wave and we're having a storm. Wow. Wow. Okay. How are you in apocalypse? I think you'd be good. I feel like I'd die on day three. After wielding quite a few weapons at zombies, I think that you wouldn't go down without a bit of a fight. (laughs) I feel like I'd be that idiot that would die over something that is so easily avoidable. Like Like not being able to... No, I was going more on a not being able to climb a ladder you know like okay. having all of the things and doing the things and the base and the things mm-hmm. and then just failing at something really stupid <laughs> you seem quite I don't know I, I'd want to be friends with you in an apocalypse oh that's reassuring mm-hmm. I do actually have an emergency bag 
behind that door That's with um, like a, with a foil sleeping blanket in it and some like um, a tablets for uh, making your water safe if you need to get water from a dodgy source. Nina's a doomsday from her. <laughs> Do you know, I say that, I've been carrying around with me in the pocket of my coat for the longest time. Uh, it's like, a, I think it's called a flint, what you use to make fires <gasps> really easily. Because I found it when Jamie and I went to this cabin, like, I want to say eight years ago. And mm. I was like, one day I'll need this. <laughs> And it's been and with it's, me ever since. And maybe today is that maybe, day. Maybe. I'm very reassured to know. <laughs> right. We've got this. Doom buddies. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Um, I think that, um, like, there was a few... I'm just looking at all my notes because I feel mm. like there's so much to say about this book, which is more um, a reason why, if you're listening, you should pick it up because I think there's actually lots to unpack. And if you're in a book club as well, I think there's actually Many a stuff. lot of stuff going on. As you were talking, I was just thinking at this, and one of the notes that I read was... Went in thinking it would be friendly and no pressured, as intro suggests, but definitely pressuring. <laughs> Things like, I pray you change, and with every fibre of my being, you will be transformed. <laughs> yes, that's the kind of sincerity that I was a bit like, I'm not sure, with the yeah. fibre of my being. <laughs> Things like language can be explained more friendly to understanding history instead of, we don't say this, feels very full on. <laughs> I think back to that, mm. Shaba, and I... I see why I was saying that as well. Mm. Then then I turned the page and the humanising chapter one. Much better. Stick with it. Yeah. You know, it, I, I see why I made those points, but I also realised a lot of the reasons I was saying that is because it, it would have happened with any book I read. Yes. It was the totally. favourite topic. And I think that's, again, like a readery thing where I, I sometimes feel like people are in, like intimidated by reading books because they're like, oh, I don't want it to... You know, I, I don't know, I don't want to be preached at. And I'm like, no, no, you'll change during the book yeah. and that's fine. And it's sometimes about how you change rather than what you want the author to change, yeah. which yeah. is the problem with reviews. You know maybe you don't and that's okay. <laughs> and maybe you should just stay being open-minded enough to like mm. give it a chance yes. and see. Like, mm. yeah. Totally. And I think, yeah, one of the things that I thought was mm. really, really interesting about the way, because um, we talk about like living in capitalism or like living under all these systems that make climate crisis possible. Um, and uh, I, again, I just stumbled because a lot of the time I want to say climate change. And then I was learning about how we should say crisis because climate change makes it sound too soft. Right. But I'm also like adjusting climate change all the time. Yeah. But it's like, what's the, anyway, it's interesting crisis. how I'm constantly crisis. having to relearn my brain. Um, but she talks about how people say like, oh, um, Audrey Lord said the master's tools can never dismantle the master's house. Like you can't use capital or you can't use this or you can't use that to, to do that. And she's, and that's a way that like people will criticize. They criticize her for attending COP for using like social media when social media is owned by Mark Zuckerberg or like yeah. do like attending these spaces that a lot of activists will say, well, that's not valid because it's not radical enough. Mm -hmm. And she's she's saying it's, it's this this quote that's used to say we uh, we can only create real change is like outside of the system. And she's actually saying that Lord's quote, which she quotes in full, because a lot of people just take that sentence out of context, which I, I probably have as well. Um, she quotes the, the thing in full and explains that actually what Audrey Lord is saying is like, we can't, in the new systems, we can't replicate this. So like you can go and talk to people who like are in government or people you disagree with or like work within the systems that you have. But like when you make the new one, don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> don't carry on, which again is something that I was like really, really interesting wouldn't have thought of that, would have probably resisted it if somebody was like, you can't use that quote. And I'm like, I've read several Audrey Lord books <laughs> and I don't think that I'm quoting that out of context at all. And I'm like, yeah, I was quoting yeah. that out of context. Well, it's, I think also everything comes down to balance at mm. the end of the day. I think it's also really interesting because in some ways it kind of contradicts other elements where she's saying we cannot be 
in the system that we know. Mm. Um, there was a Martin Luther King Jr. quote that she put in here mm. about um, the like integration and representation in a burning house. Mm. The idea that we can kid ourselves into thinking that change within the existing system is what we need mm. when it's not what we need. Yeah. Um, but also go some way. Like, mm. and nothing is black and white. Yeah. I think that's what's really difficult about the topic as well. It's coming to that acceptance that people can be good and bad. Yeah. People don't have to just be anti-Megan Markleists. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever oh. these people are. Oh. Yes. Um, yeah. Mm. It's, it's balanced. Because she was also, with that, she was talking about, like, people celebrating Pretty Patel being yeah. in the UK government yeah. because Rishi she is an Asian not lady. Not my brown representation. <laughs> not, and yeah. I don't know if... Yeah, yeah I, th- I thought that was really interesting as well. And this there was a really interesting bit about platforming versus solidarity that I don't know if yes. you... How, what, what are your thoughts on that, that work? Because you've obviously got more experience of that than me. Um, 186 is what I've put in my notes. If anybody's following along at home, 186... Um, my concern is the pressure that can be placed on those who have been traumatised to not only find a way to navigate the harm and the trauma that it does to both our bodies and minds, but also to be the ones to lead the conversations and find a way out. And I thought that was really interesting because she talks about, you know, being like, oh, pass the mic to POC, make sure they get heard, which I completely agree with. But she's also just like, maybe not in every situation. Maybe yeah. sometimes that's harder for to be like, and I think the same pressure is put on like, a few, like, positions in power of politics to be like, we just need some people to be replaced, and then we don't (laughs) need to change everything. A replaced is an interesting word. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) To be, yeah, to to be switched out, and for the newer model, and then... mysteriously disappear. Yeah, and it's, it's not... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you felt. You you seem like you remember that part. Yeah. Did you feel anything about it? I threaded this in a lot with the conversations that were also happening about this this good and bad not mm. being the exact which i think was not too far earlier in the book the section mm. on winston churchill ah yes did you see this bit i i didn't highlight it but i re- i remember it well so i i'll ad lib so please mm. don't take my That's word fine. for it there's um a bit where Michaela talks about Winston Churchill having saved a lot of people, right, mm. by um, ending, or being very instrumental in the ending of World War Two. Mm. But the fact that Winston Churchill also was incredibly racist mm. and very much assisted in the famine of three million Indian people mm. and how that isn't spoken about and how we can't just see people in these good and bad ways. Mm-hmm. Another point of the book that came out to me a lot, which... I'm not sure if it sat fantastically with me. Mm. I still have to do a bit of thinking on this one. But um, the idea of, like, we burn out. Mm. We burn out more. White people take the mic, as Mm. as you were suggesting. Um, Yeah, so all of that together, I think the most valuable thing that I took from it was this idea that we are not perfect people. And it's okay to be this good and bad. And it's okay to be this vulnerable. And one of the good things about that is it actually doesn't matter about these personal experiences that we have Mm. does that make sense yeah as in like it doesn't matter what we've what individuals about this sorry Mm. you you read it fully and it was beautifully written the harm and uh, the, the trauma that we have in our bodies and minds this need to be the ones to lead the conversations and find a way out the responsibility doesn't rest with any of us and shouldn't mm. because it's us as a collective and our ability to learn. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think as well, like this part, I wasn't 
you know, I don't really, I don't know, but I thought it was an interesting point that she's like, while um, if you if you experience privilege, it can obstruct us from being able to see a way out. Um, having people with lived experience like um, is is a vital importance. But she also says the overemphasis on lived experience as a qualifier um, might not be great. There there has been a tendency in social justice spaces to say that we must pivot to and focus on getting those who have experienced deep trauma to uh, at the hands of the oppressive systems to become the leaders in tackling these issues. And again, it's that thing of like, we can't take that on face value. Mm. And I think with Pretty Patel, mm. somebody that's probably experienced a lot of racism, but it's not necessarily a qualifier for her being the best person to act on behalf of people that happen to absolutely. And I mean, have I been wish racialized Pretty the same was way. The only example that we have, but unfortunately, mm. it's not like even Sula Braverman and everything that's happening right now with mm. it's the unspeakable Rwanda reforms mm. is it's horrific to think that playing these brown cards, which is what it is, right? Mm. And what a lot of people see this as, is enough. Mm. Because it's not. And it, I think it really highlights as well just how important intersectionality is. Mm. You know, we forget that not all brown people are the same, not all middle class people are the same. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot going on. And therefore, why are we platforming these people? Yeah. And I think that's not the only qualifier yeah. for somebody to be like. And I think it's, again, it's like this thing of like, we think about um, who we should be listening to or like who's going to lead us out of this. And I think we're in that mindset of like, we need leaders. There is no superman. Where are the Stop leaders? waiting. <laughs> be that person. And again, it's, but both people who, as our jobs, like part of our jobs is talking to people yeah. and getting them to listen. <laughs> and that's often a bit of a dichotomy when you try and believe in like collective movements. Yeah. To be like, listen to me, but then don't listen to me all the time and listen to me critically and don't... I was being interviewed on stage recently and somebody was like, oh, you've got so many followers. And I'm like, you make me sound like Jesus. Like, they're not actually literally following me about. In Being fact... Cult edition. Yeah, they're people that are watching what I do and, like, taking the bits that they like and yeah. maybe replicating them. Yeah. That's fine. But I don't want them to follow me. <laughs> That's really interesting, though, that you say that because I don't... Uh, I know this isn't a podcast about how to be an influencer influencing 101 i'm willing to pivot <laughs> <laughs> well no my um question is why did you get into creating mm. i'm sure it wasn't for the audience no i didn't i, I mean i was like i was there at the beginning <laughs> uh, but i, I was there i did start making cool. them yeah in 2009 which is now now you've taught me three years before monetization <laughs> <laughs> again i like processing things out loud and i think the only way i really work stuff out is by writing something about me or creating something Absolutely. around somebody that something that I'm confused about mm. and I think it's a shame not to share that with people so yeah. I think a lot of my early videos were me like working out how to do an English degree <laughs> um working out like how to navigate the political system when mm. I was like newly like a baby voter and stuff so I think it's it's more about like being excited to share and being more excited to hear the responses back even if those responses are people being like no, I don't really agree. Yeah. And I'm no, like, okay, but yeah. I still like talking to you, so let's keep talking about that. You know, so I think yeah. maybe that, but then maybe I'm also, there probably is a little bit of ego in there. Like, oh, come don't on. Get me I'm wrong. also a drama kid. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> we exist for validation, mm. right? There's a reason that likes feel fantastic. And mm. when people say, oh my gosh, I really like your videos, it tickles mm. something funny inside. You yeah. Know, there's no hiding from that, but it's not the main reason. That mm you do it it's not the main reason I do it either and I think about like the am I the asshole posts which mm. is something so stupid that I do on my channel I love I'm it. sure people think it's really stupid but without sounding too deep I've not really spoken about this on my channel the reason I do it is because I really struggle with these personal conundrums I've mm. dealt with living 
with a full-on narcissist for a very long time. Mm. And I'm learning to relearn, unlearn, and relearn a lot of the boundaries of what normal life is. Is it your cat? <laughs> because cats are My known... My damn cat! See, why can't I, why do I have to make a joke? Sorry. I love it, I love it. Put that in the book. I can't be too sincere. <laughs> it's not, not the Yeah, no, living with a narcissist. No, it's, it's very interesting, isn't it? Like, how we can take these things. I learn so much from storytelling of other people. Mm. And I, in no way, went online to position myself as an authority i'm pretty sure like if you look back at my previous videos although i say it less now it's very much like i don't know if this is right mm. i want to have these conversations because i want to know where your lines lie like collectively not because i'm interested in you individual person watching this video you are i love you irrelevant to me <laughs> <laughs> but i want to know how society reacts to these things yeah. right and it's odd because then you find yourself accidentally becoming this position of authority where people are like no but I want to hear what you think I mm. value what you think and I kind of want to go but why mm. and I feel like that's so different to politicians who in these positions of power who literally have the ability to do something mm. much greater than any of us individually could do they don't do that because they haven't come in this they haven't come into this profession wanting to unlearn and learn and wanting to receive criticism yes. it is for mm. the power it, it, you can't mm. phrase it any other way. Call a broom a broom, is that what you yeah. said? A spade a spade. God, why why do, do you call it? say broom? Because you're naturally... Because I'm weird. You're just the, the feminine urge to clean, <laughs> I guess. And my urge to dig bodies. <laughs> That's what that is. Well, we'll take that up with our the therapist later. The doomsday prepper of the step from <laughs> know, Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> you're like, I was like, I'll dig the graves of the zombies. You're like, and I'll brush up afterwards <laughs> and I'll to make sure nobody goes. <laughs> Perfect pairing. Uh, but yeah, it's it's mm. not that, isn't it? And no. that's um, part of the reason why we can't value these people too hard just because they happen to hold a brown card. Doesn't mean they're right. Mm, definitely. I think as well, like with that whole, oh, do you exist on the internet because you want people to look at you and you want the praise? I'm like, that is something that only internally somebody can answer in the same way that it's not, it's less socially acceptable to go up to a doctor and be like, are you only a doctor? Because you feel like you're saving people's lives. Does it make you feel important? Like, do you, you go send your cards? <laughs> do you get flowers at the end of the year? Like what, you know, and you get to go to parties and say you're a doctor. I bet you love that, don't you? Like, do you know what I mean? Like nobody yeah. knows what anybody's internal motivation is. And I think that there's no, there's not, not, I can't really think of many careers that are completely without some kind of ego in them you yeah. know and there's yeah. some kind of you could use the like a savior complex for, for anything since when was having an ego a bad thing though inherently you mm. know like it's not i mean maybe if you're one of the killers of the seven deadly sins then you know <laughs> you'd have a problem with it i, I mean there's there's a moderation that's mm. required but it's not a bad thing to want validation my psychology background's coming out it's actually one mm. of the main reasons that we speak to people mm. one of the four reasons yeah. for affiliation is yeah I think that the validation thing's valid as well when we when we look to other people to talk about the climate because we want validate you know you want to be like I think the climate crisis is happening and you need somebody to be like yes yes it is yes. but you don't need them to follow it up with and what are you doing about it <laughs> which is the fear so you're like you don't want to talk to people about it you don't want to because then you you'll get your ego hurt when people are like well yeah. well you're fucking it up aren't you <laughs> so why are you even talking about it and speaking, it's that's the thing. Speaking of um, internal motivations, though, one thing I learned so much from this book was about the internal mo motivations of the fossil fuel industry. Mm. We've always heard about it, right? We know fossil fuel's bad. Everybody knows that BP and Shell are not the most wonderful people in yeah. the world. They're not mm -hmm. people, they're entities, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but this gave me the words. This mm -hmm. gave me the tools to understand that 
a lot more as to the why mm. and there is no <laughs> underselling or sugarcoating the motivations of why they do what they do yeah it's pretty bad yeah <laughs> but it also gives you that thing of like oh i'm not as confused therefore i am more likely to act because i do know yeah. that this is wrong whereas before i was like oh but maybe maybe they are fixing it you know we don't know yeah. and then the more i read about stuff like this i'm like but i think what's good about this book as well is um it's a great beginner book because she references so many other people in it and she's explicitly like I think you should go listen to this podcast and read yeah. this book and after yeah. this maybe watch this documentary and do this and it's it's great in that way that I feel like but not in an overwhelming sense either no yeah it's definitely like footnotes mm. and asides mm. and like if this interests you do yeah. this but it is a, a nice little web of, of other things to go into and, she, and in that way I think she's achieving her goal of like not platforming herself as the Absolutely. hero yes. which is like part of the point um but yeah she, something she says is really interesting about pedestalling and on oh, no, after mm. activists should i think that um to some extent pedestalling is a comforting thing for those who do it existing for superhuman people of miraculous leaders bringing about change lets the majority of us off the hook right and i don't know if you've ever felt like that but that thing of like um when people hold you up as perfect on the internet and then they tear you down, it's like, oh, but I, I, and then root for you to who, come back. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> who benefits? Who does this and, and and why? And it's not often you pedestalling yourself; it's that people are doing it for you. So I think, yeah, I and I also really valued this bit at the end. She says, um, visibility is often misleading. Making all the work to create visible change isn't always possible. A number of followers or likes or shares does not equate impact. And the this kind of value of like inch wide, deep, she's inch wide, mile deep relationships um, over inch deep, mile wide relationships is a hard thing to get around. But she's basically saying the internet is full of mile wide, wide, wide but inch deep connection. Yeah. And actually there's a lot of people behind the scenes that you don't see. This is a quality over quantity, isn't it? Yeah. That's what, that's what we're talking about. Totally. And there's another really great quote around here where she talks there's about... There's so many. It's super... My highlighter has almost ran out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? There were a lot of mic drop moments in here that I was like, wow, yes, this is this has really like stuck with me. Mm. And it's made me have so many of these conversations. I mean, I just finished reading this book, what, like three days ago? Mm -hmm. And I spoke to five people about this one, really not including you that is a, it works. that's a really good track you know I mean? record it really yeah. works um and i and i am not a social butterfly <laughs> <laughs> you're like and i ben that's all the five people <laughs> yeah. i've talked to yeah. um, around that she says this platforming it actually helps no one it mm. doesn't help the person you're platforming mm. it doesn't help you Mm. And it doesn't help anyone as a society. And it certainly doesn't help the cause that you're trying to fight for. Yeah. So why are we doing this? Yeah. But parasocial relationships also exist. So it's, mm. it's very difficult to, again, like, it's all about that mm. balance. One wonderful thing about this whole, hang on, mile wide, inch deep nature is that we don't get an excuse to put the burden on Greta Thunberg. On, yes. you know, it's poor Greta. <laughs> it's, you know what? I'm doing a good thing. Mm -hmm. Me choosing to recycle and compost and mm. go veggie for this one meal makes a difference. Mm. And it's really important to have that as a gateway because I think it's also so easy to be like, you know what? Doesn't matter. Mm. I'm not influential in this space. Whatever I do means nothing because at the end of the day, the government's not going to do anything, which has always been mm. my mindset. And the easiest thing to fall back on mm. when climate change has made me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. And then it's, but it's hard because it's like the government's always changing. <laughs> not always for the better, yeah. but they are, then they're, they're not a fixed thing. And I think, yeah, it definitely helped me to think about that. And also just like I feel like with maybe, again, I am 
projecting. But Michaela is a lot younger than... I don't actually know how old you are. I don't arrest you. But I'm I, 28. I'm 33. And I feel like... Because she's like... She must be about 10 years younger than me. So she must have grown up with like more of an awareness of this than I did. And I feel like maybe I've been desensitised a little bit because I didn't grow up hearing about it. <laughs> so it's nice yeah. to actually have somebody to challenge my aversion to sincerity. Yeah. But she does also um, talk about it a lot, doesn't she? About um, how the influence, how she feels really privileged to have grown up in those environments where people have been talking about it yeah. from university and beyond. Mm. And you're right, that's definitely not something I've had. And it does mm. make it harder to mm. enter the conversation and easier to excuse yourself from it. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it's, but I think we all grow up with different, you know, she's got that. I think everybody's grown up with something they understand more than something else. And yeah. like being able to link that is really valuable. Absolutely. Um, would you recommend this book to somebody? And who would that somebody be? Would it be everybody? Or would it be like just a few people? That, and this is their specific circumstances. That is such an interesting question. Really interesting question. When I initially read how heavy this was on race, mm-hmm. I felt really reassured that this was a conversation that I deserved to be a part in. Mm -hmm. Then as I was thinking of the book and thinking of you reading the book, Lena, I thought, hang on a second, is this a conversation that white people can be involved in? Because if we're saying no, that's really tricky, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's not to say that white people can't be involved, of course, but, Mm -hmm. you know, is it something that... Climate change is tricky. Speaking about POC rights can be tricky, for people who are not POC and not mm. involved in it. And again, a fantastic excuse to be like, nope, I'm not part of this conversation anymore. But what was really interesting is, again, this idea of climate justice it affecting everything. It, it wasn't just race that was talked about. There were quotes in here about trans people in particular mm. and affecting binary. And I was just like, oh, this is really interesting. Quite a few references of LGBT plus um, culture and political nature. And also disability was discussed in here mm. as well too and I just thought wow this really is for everyone Mm. so I'm struggling to think of an exact audience Mm. um, because of that aspect of it I think what I'm trying to say is I think it's very easy to feel scared because of how racial the book feels and Mm. is situated in the context of Michaela's lens but it's not a reason to not read it Mm. and when you read it you realize that um, so for that reason, I don't think there's anyone I wouldn't recommend it to in that sense. I would recommend it specifically to the people who, like me, were really nervous at the beginning. Yeah, the the afraid. Yeah, especially with the title like "It's Not That Radical." <laughs> yeah, it'd just be like, by the way, which is so it not will the case. feel. It should be like it's not that radical, but it will feel that way for the first fifty pages. That's my new subtitle. <laughs> it's not that radical. By chapter 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you won't think it's radical by the end. But yeah. No, I think it's interesting as well. Like you, I didn't, I never thought about you thinking about me reading it. What, do you know what I mean? I wasn't like, oh God, I hope Shannon's not worried about me reading this book. You know, but no, I think it wasn't, a, it wasn't a worry at all. I just wondered if it was, because a lot of the books that you've, that mm-hmm. you read that I am still scared, too scared to read now. I, I will read them. But um, they don't talk about it from this very different lens. Mm. It's very it's very face on mm-hmm. to cli- to the climate crisis only not the other social economic justice factors that also feed into it um mm. so yeah i thought that might have been confronting it definitely was and i think that i have complicated feelings around it as well because it's that thing of like want like wanting to engage with it but not mm. wanting to take any 
space yeah. <laughs> away from others and like wanting again not being able to be perfect about it like i don't know the history of lots of i'm learning i'm 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 reading i think a lot of people of of every race in the uk doesn't know loads about the history of it i think we're all we've all been shadowed from it i mean um, i think it still astonishes me as well how so many people of color will also not see race as a social construct they'll get so angry mm. at that being brought up as a topic and i definitely can't say that <laughs> do you know what i mean i'm like i'm not You're the person wrong, to say person of color you're actually racialized <laughs> you know like, that's that's not me <laughs> i'll be i'll be uh, sitting over here for that conversation but i think yeah you're right i think it's it's meeting everybody where they're at and also like just because if you talk about a subject you like i uh, what i fear when i talk about racial justice in the climate is that if i open my mouth and mention it people will be like oh so you're an authority about it what happened in 1817 you know mm. i think that expectation to be an authority about something just because you want to engage yeah. in a conversation about it is something that's often not about you. It's about the person who's pushing that on you. So Absolutely. I think it's like keeping it hum- it's yeah. keeping that humility, but yeah. being like, hey, I've read some stuff about this. Want to have a chat? Yeah. yeah. Let's, is it confusing to you let's too? Let's un- unpack this. Yeah. Let's- Does it also sometimes make you need to do a nervous poo? Should we, like, <laughs> should we have a chat? Should we be constipated in adjoining cubicles? Um, so I think it's that. I think, But it's also like the best conversations are the ones that make you a little bit sweaty and like, yeah. because you can't, you can't have real connection if you can't be mm-hmm. uncomfortable with people. So I think that's... One of the quotes that I've stolen from somewhere, but it just sits in my brain. I have to remind myself all the time is that you don't have to be a guru. You just need to be a guide. <laughs> And I like that. <laughs> it it mm. really helps me battle my imposter syndrome, mm. like, a lot in, in many different areas. You don't need to be the best. If you have something to share, it's worthy of sharing it. Mm. Um, I feel like that definitely applies with this book to now how I feel about climate change. It's okay to have those conversations, and you don't need to know everything. And they don't need to go well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe you do have a nervous poo, yeah. and that's okay too. <laughs> Mate, the revolution is paperwork and nervous poos. That's what we've learned today. Who gives a crap? Spot something that's podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorted. You heard it here first. Um, Shava, how can people find you on the internet if they would like to follow your amazing work? I don't think they need to find you. You're like, I don't want to be platformed. <laughs> don't look at me. Um, should you wish to, you can just find me on Sharba or Sherbet Lemon across the internet but I would really honestly rather you buy this book (laughs) (laughs) truly that's my wish (laughs) buy the book thank you so much for listening happy reading or not it's up to you (laughs) but I'm proud of you for listening Do you have, what do you do to a podcast? Do you oh, thumbs up it? Leave a review. Do you, pro, do you tickle it? <laughs> Give it a little tickle. <laughs> what do you Leave do? a review. Leave a review. Absolutely. And listen to other Lena's. And listen to other of Lena's episodes because Lena's amazing and you need to eat a frog too. <laughs> eat that go. frog. Yeah. Eat <laughs> Lena's frog. That's what I'm asking wow. you to do. <laughs> Merch. Done. <laughs>